Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. NLA Live 2020 is coming up soon. Our third annual conference is being held this year at the Talking Stick Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona, April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. We've got a great lineup of speakers, possibly better than any year in the past. And we also have some incredible deals on tickets and hotels. Uh, you can reserve a hotel room for as little as $149 a night by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on the event page. We look forward to seeing you there hey next level podcast listeners uh this is kevin and i'm back and today i am joined by my longtime friend uh often mentor and shoulder when i need it matt fedick matt how are you doing today buddy it's awesome to be here with you kevin thanks for the opportunity hey man thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it um you know one of the reasons i love doing this podcast matt is because i like to highlight some of the different ways people in our industry are successful, all the different models that are run, uh, the different types of businesses that we have around in and around real estate. You've certainly run the gamut on those, which I think, which I've always found fascinating. You're always willing to kind of take chances and go for bigger and better things in your life and in your business. And so today I was hoping we could just kind of dissect some of that. And uh, first let's start with, you know, your real estate business. You know, how, how long have you been in real estate now? And it feels like yesterday and it feels like forever, right? It's like the anxiety and the hard part feels like, man, it's been a, a long grind. And then there's other parts I believe it's like, man, this, this time flew by. Um, so I started in the business in 2005. So wow. I feel like it seems, again, it's, that sounds like a long time ago, but you know, the cool thing about this industry is everything's always changing so fast that, you know, it, it's, you, you don't realize how much time has gone by, but 2005 is when I got my license. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you're right. Things do change so fast. Now, I know, but for the listeners who, who maybe don't know Matt Fedek yet, what did you do prior to real estate and how did you find yourself in real estate in 2005? So um, I started off both as a police officer and a paramedic. And I'll tell you, I love both of those careers um, a, a lot. I really enjoyed being a, a cop and working the street. Um, and yet I always knew while I was there that there was um, this, this drive to want to own a business, to be able to have unlimited earning potential and things like that. Um, so I was very excited to do something, but I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, at the time, a friend of mine owned a, a title company, and I left being an officer to work within the title industry um, it was kind of the refi boom. There was a lot of closings going on. And um, right after I did that, you know, just less than a year into that opportunity, they sold the business. Uh, right? it was, they were doing a lot of closings and work. Something they sold the business. And I had absolutely no, um, no idea what I was going to do next. I, like, I was almost thinking about going back and being a police officer because I, I didn't know what my next opportunity would look like. Um, and so thankfully... I had made a pitch to a, a local uh, Keller Williams uh, team leader about us being their in-house title company. And she called me about that and I couldn't offer that anymore. She said, come talk to me about being an agent. And so I went and spent some time with her and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything else to do. Might as well try. So I went and got my license and here I am. 
It's probably the best day of my life, actually. That's awesome, man. I know uh, so much good stuff. I mean, even just for me personally, it's come out of you getting into real estate. I can, uh, you know, I can only imagine. So tell us, tell us about your business today. What, what does it look like? So you've got, you're in Kenneth Square um, and you run, a, you run a real estate team. Obviously, I know in 2005, it started out as probably just you, but it's, it's, not, it's no longer just you. Tell us about your, the makeup of your team. So, you know, when I started, Kevin, I, I always looked at it as, in, in our area, my average sales price is in the mid threes. And so when I, I started selling, my thought was, gosh, if I can sell one house a month, right, I'll make nine to $10,000 a month. Well, that was almost twice what I was making as a police officer. Um, and so like, man, one house a month almost doubles my income. It gives me a lot of freedom, gives me a lot of opportunity. Uh, and so that was my total vision when I started. And then I started selling two houses a month and I started selling three houses a month. And um, now the market was really easy at that time, right? So in 2006, 2007, you could put a sign in the yard and, and get mul multiple offers. And, and it was pretty easy. I'm like, man, this, this is nice. Then of course, along came 2008 when the market crashed and, um, and nothing was happening. And I was kind of petrified about what to do. So, you know, my business went up and down, up and down. So, you know, it went up really strong until the market crashed. Then it kind of took a downward turn, although thankfully, um, I, I will tell everybody today, anytime I tell my story, one of the best things that ever happened to me was uh, meeting you and Fred and listening to uh, your short sale power hour and going to your conferences on how to win in that short sale market. There is no doubt in my mind, and I'll tell everybody this today, and I'll tell it over and over and over again, that had you and Fred not offered that training, um, I would have lost everything. There is no doubt in my mind that if I couldn't make, if I couldn't take advantage of the market of the moment, which was short sales and REOs, um, and gotten your training, you guys were awesome. Not only did we go, did I attend training and and go to Phoenix for that, and then I think we went to Vegas for training. And not only did I kind of follow you around the country to where you were going, you guys were great to have me into your uh, meet your team, you answered questions while I was stuck. But I would have. No doubt my business would have collapsed and I don't know where I would have been had I not learned those models from you and Fred. And uh, so I'm incredibly thankful my business would have really tapered off, but, but it made a huge upswing. So when everybody else was going down, once I, I figured it out, my business grew exponentially in the down market. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm certain you would have just learned it from someone else. We happen to be the guys there, but I, I do appreciate the nice words. You know, one of the things... Um, that stuck out to me about you from the get-go, Matt, was you were already top producer. I remember watching you on stage at a couple different events. My first, probably my first ever mastermind event that I went to when, when KW used to run those uh, in, in a much different fashion. And uh, they would sometimes do small panels. And I remember Gary interviewing you and then you and I meeting through Gary's mastermind group. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me about you was here's this guy, you're already on stage, you're a top producer in any right. And I know it you know, felt like things were falling apart because the market was changing so much. But here I am, I'm the new kid on the block. And you're going, hey, what can I learn from you? And you, I remember you went out of your way to say, hey, I need you guys to teach me what it is that you're doing because I got to figure out the short sale thing. And then you did. I mean, you didn't just figure it out, man. You went and you really built a big business around it or not built, you transformed you it. You laugh. I think we took two short sales last week. We're still pound and thrown. That's awesome, man. That I mean, there's to me, there's, but that says that says so much about you because you're the guy who 
already knew a lot, yet was still seeking more information and what's relevant. You mentioned it kind of in the uh, first part, which is this business is changing so fast. There's always something new to learn and stay on top of. And, and I think that's why you've had the success that you have is because you're always one of those guys who's saying, hey, what do I not know and what do I need to know better? Yeah, I, I definitely, if I, have, if I can attribute any success to anything is that I'm willing to be a student, right? A student of the market, a student of the industry, um, you know, and that's kind of what I look at as being my role today. When I look at the different businesses I'm, I'm fortunate to have um, in the real estate space, I, if anything, I'm a, a student of the industry, right? I, I take it all in. I read articles from everybody, every possible thought on the, on the industry. So I dig in. Um, and, and I'm willing to dig in and, and learn, and I'm and I'm happy to change. Like people are like, "What are we going to do about the eye buyers?" I'm like, uh, "Become an eye buyer, right?" Like, "What are we going to do about uh, fixing people's homes?" I'm like, I, "I had to fix people's homes and and front money for the short sale period forever, right? We had deals that wouldn't close because you know something doesn't work. We put money into it, right? So I lend my clients money. I put money into deals. I like, what do you do? I you solve the problem." And I th again, I think this is another thing that um, that I learned from you and Fred. You, you guys, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, and I wish I, I could, um, but you would talk about the outback, right? About this outback mindset of going out into the outback. Like if the buyer wants to buy and the seller wants to sell, it's our job to figure out how to make it work. And that might mean doing, using different contracts and different, and different language and different terms and, you know, the short sale world wasn't built on using the standard forms and doing the standard thing, right? We had to get them to do things they wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And it was that outback mindset. I don't know if you were talking about that, but you guys are so clear about that. That, that is still, you know, we, we still talk about the outback from time to time. You know, we've, uh, I think we brought it back and taught it to our team probably less than a year ago because it is, it's really what that is. It was our, it was our language for, solutions mindset you know you actually just said something to me though matt and i don't know that i've told you this or not um but one of the things that one of the many things i learned from you was around talking about the buyer and the seller as opposed to my buyer and my seller right um you may remember but i at a time when so when the market shifted in arizona and actually people started having equity again i was getting my ass kicked man i was i would go on 10 listing appointments i'd get two or three of them and you were one of the first person people I called. And I remember you sat there on the phone with me and, and um, you know, you practice scripts, you, you helped me with tie downs and closings. But then I said, Hey, I, I need you to come teach your, your seller mastery class in Phoenix. And I put up my own money. I, you offered, you may or may not remember, you offered not to charge me. And I said, no, 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 bull crap. We're going to pay you whatever, whatever you normally charge when you go teach this class. Um, but Fred and I put up our own money and then just sold tickets to our market center and the other agents around town in hopes that we would break even uh, and not have to pay it all ourselves because I had heard you speak on taking traditional listings before and seller mastery. And I knew that there, you had so much more in there that I could get out if I could just sit in a classroom with you for a day. So you flew to Phoenix and you taught the class and um, that quite frankly, I learned so much to this day, especially talking about the buyer, the seller versus my buyer that still, pays off for me today. Yeah, for you know, for any of our friends and colleagues watching today, right, that's one of the things that I think, you know, when I teach and share is you've got to not be tied to the result and you've got to get yourself out of the deal, right? The deal's not about us. And so often, as a matter of fact, I was looking at some emails earlier today, um, you know, with agents involvement and they take personal ownership and responsibility 
and it's not their home, it's not their client. You know, the example I always say is, you know, when that, you know, a uh, listing agent calls a buyer agent back and says, hey, the sellers are countering this, this, and this, and the buyer's agent me responses, my clients will never agree to that. You know, they'll never approve that. And I'm going, how do you know? Like, they won't if you present it that way and, and get out of the deal, right? The, the buyer wants it, the seller wants it. And listen, how many times has a seller said, you know, I'm never going to take below 300, right? And the final sales price is 275, right? How many times has a buyer said, I'm not going to buy in that neighborhood and they buy there, right? So we, we don't know what they're going to do. And so often deals don't get done uh, because agents take personal offense to what's going on. I'm offended by this offer. I'm offended by this. You know, one of the scripts that I use, you know, if, when a, a, um, a buyer sub, in, uh, submits a lower offer, right, that's not just all by the constants or offer, you know, and the listing agent says, um, you know, this is, it's so low, it's insulting. And I, my first response is, is it lower than every other offer you got today? Right, like, like, come on, get, get out of the deal, right? An offer is an invitation to negotiate. And so our job is to facilitate those things. And where we get, where we get in the problem is we're not going to do that. And it's all because the agent set expectations incorrectly, right? They told their seller, I'm going to get you X. And now they're on the line because the offers are coming in below that. So now they're personally offended. Um, and so what we have to do, right, is when we train folks, is our job is to consult. And we can solve people, right? Hey, your home is worth this between here and here because of the comps. And based on condition, it's going to be priced closer to this. If you want a higher price, we're going to have to change this, this, and this to your home. So our job is, is if we would get out, I say what we do is we kind of play this tricky role. We're a salesperson and a consultant. We sell our consulting skills, right? So our sales pitch ends the moment a buyer or seller signs a contract with us. Right? We're no longer a salesperson then, we're a consultant. We, can, you know, we can't make buyers or sellers sign agreements that they don't want to sign. You know, a seller doesn't take an offer they don't want to take. A buyer doesn't make an offer they don't want to make. But we're not a part of the transaction. We sell our consulting services, and the minute the client signs on, we go into consultant mode, which is we're no longer tied to the result. Now we're tied to the relationship and the consultant. Yeah, that I mean, that is so good in uh, something that, it, I mean, that's meant to me, this is like mandatory reading, mandatory learning for all, for all agents across the country, because I see so many deals fall apart. They don't need to fall apart simply because agents insert themselves. They insert their emotions, their feelings into a transaction that quite frankly, they have no business being a part of. Yeah. We're not a part of the transaction. Get out of the deal. It's not your house. So yeah. the first training, you know, to go back to what you said, one of my first training pieces of advice is, hey guys. Don't say my buyer and my seller because then you're taking ownership on it, right? Say the buyer and the seller. So when I respond to another agent, I'll say, hey, Susie, thanks so much for that information. The seller responds as follows, right? Because then it's the seller response, not my response. It's not we, right? I get this all the time. Well, we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. And my first response to the agent is, oh, gosh, I am so sorry. I did not realize that you were the buyer and the seller in the transaction, right? <laughs> Get out of the deal. Get out of the deal. It's not your deal. So if you, if anybody asks me today, like, what's the difference between an agent who does well in this business and an agent who does exceptionally well or sells volume? It's the ability to close deals. Right? That's the only difference. It's the ability to be solution based and get and not tie to the result and get out of the deal. 
Yeah, it, you know, it's it's so true. You know, one of the other things too to switch gears a little bit that I, I can remember learning from you so much was, um, and luckily we both had a lot of schooling on this, but I remember you came also to our office one time and taught on agent financials because I know that's something important to you too. And it's something we've talked about numerous times about us as agents running our business, actually at, treating it like a business, right? Um, and that was one of my favorite things also to listen to you talk about you gave me the skill set of how to be a, a really great traditional listing agent, but I, I can also remember learning so much from you when it comes to the financial side. You know, all your years, you, you, we'll get into this, but I obviously I know that you own um, multiple franchises and, and a couple different businesses in and around real estate. Um, so you've consulted with so many agents through the years. What are some of the bigger mistakes you see as it pertains to like the financial side uh, of, of real estate agent businesses? Ah, lots of things. First one would be thinking that there's another deal around the corner to solve today's problems, right? Because I felt that way in 2008. I'm like, man, who cares? I can go buy that new house or that new car or do whatever I want to do because, you know, I'll just sell another house next week and, and solve the other issues. Um, and there's not always another deal, right? So the first thing would be making sure that you've got, you know, a reasonable amount of reserves and things like that. And Kevin, I, I haven't been great at that. I've always taken the money that I've made and I've reinvested it back in other businesses. And I've not always done a good job keeping a reserve fund or keeping um, a space, you know, for, for the rainy day. I'm learning as I grow now, right, that those rainy days come and those bumps come and, um, and you can sleep better at night when, uh, when, you, when you're not worried about it. Um, my friend and, and business partner, um, Ben Kinney, said to me, you know, at one point, our confidence in business is directly tied to the amount of cash in our bank account, right? In other words, like we feel when we've got, you know, when we can look at our account and go, man, we've got three or four months reserved, we feel really confident, we don't lose sleep. When, when you're just skating by, right, you lose confidence and you lose security. So, you know, my whole focus in the last year of 2019 here has been um, fixed, making sure that I've got uh, debt paid down, reasonable reserves, because winter is coming, right? And, um, it always does. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm looking forward to a change in the market. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to be a victim of that market either. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, there's the, um, you know, I, I think maybe, and I could be wrong, and it's purely speculation on my part, is it's, it's that, uh, it's kind of the combination of those last two things we talked about. I think sometimes as agents, besides just the sort of inability and not having refined negotiation skills, um, we might tend to insert ourselves as agents into transactions because we're actually counting on that paycheck at the end of the month. No doubt about it. You can tell when an agent's response is driven by their need for that deal to close. And it's not a collaborative response on behalf of their client. It's, you know, they get angry and emotional and frustrated. And you can tell what's coming out is the personal consequence of the deal doesn't close not the result of their client not getting what they want. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's typically them, you know, trying to run somebody over and sort of, you know, jam something home rather rather than finding, like you said, the collaborative outcome that would actually get everybody what they want. Um, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a problem. And you know, the other thing too is I'll even find, um, and I know you know these agents too that will people who they sell plenty, they make a lot of money, they don't have any clue how much money they make. But they, you know, they're, they're not living necessarily closing to closing uh, because they're doing a lot, but they don't have an idea of what their business really does. Um, and therefore, they make 
poor spending decisions or investments in their business or whatever it looks like because they're, they don't have a good grasp on their financial uh, reality as it pertains to their business. Yeah, it's a challenge, right? And especially for people like me, where I went from making you know $60,000 a year to a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year, right? To you know a million dollars a year, when all of a sudden you go like, man, like all of a sudden there's some days you look and you go, I got a lot of cash, or I got and and you feel like you can spend it, and then you sit back and realize it's not all mine, right? There's you owe money to you know to the government and to other people and and stuff like that, but you can get this false sense of security and lack of understanding about what whose money stuff really is, and you're not cautious. Yeah, absolutely. So you, so you've got a, so you've got the the Matt Fedek team that uh, you guys obviously sell a lot of real estate. What give us an idea of what what does that team look like today? How many of how many of you are there who are helping service your your real estate clients uh, at uh, at your team? So we're we're in phenomenal rebuilding mode at the moment. So I've really pushed hard in the last year to not be in production myself and to not leave the team. Uh, so I have a, a brand new, just here for one month, uh, incredible director of sales and growth. Um, she's been a longtime friend. So she's just getting herself up and running and, and, and kind of getting rebuilding our team. We brought on a bunch of new agents in the last couple of years um, that uh, some that really value the team support and others that thought they would be better off doing their own thing. And so we've had that kind of transition in the last 12 months where we've had kind of a little influx of people coming and going. And we've never had that before. Um, so that's all, it's been a, bit, a little bit funny, um, but it's okay, right? So um, what our team looks like now is we have uh, really four, uh, four agents, David, Deneen, uh, Stacy, and um, Susan, our four top agents. And then we've got, uh, Dave, then we have a couple of support. We have a showing agent, uh, Sheila, and some other folks that are kind of acting in the support role. We have two admin that are here in the office, um, and we have three virtual assistants. Um, in addition, we've just added within this week, within the last three days, uh, five new experienced agents that whose names will be rolling out online here in the next uh, day or two. We're very excited about. Um, but you know, my focus has always been high productivity per agent because I didn't want anybody in our office not making a, a good income. Um, so you know, at our best year, which was two years ago, we closed 387 transactions with five agents. Um, and that was always my goal is to make sure that our, our agents were closing, you know, at least 48 deals a year each so that they could really have a, a great income behind it. I never had a vision of having a team of 30 or 40 people doing 15 or 18 deals a year and not doing a great job. Gotcha. So it, I love that you use the term rebuilding, but your, your rebuilding is still selling a couple hundred houses a year. Like it's, um, it, it's, it's funny to, you know, I've, I've, because we've spent so much time together, we've been able to share different things that have worked and things that haven't worked together over the years. And um, one of the things, again, I also admire about you is you're always tweaking and always trying to, you know, trying to find a way to make it better. Like how, what's going to be the thing that, that moves you guys forward a little bit more. Um, and I think that's so important in our business to not just sit around and think that we know what's going on, but just, but to continue to tweak it. And when something doesn't work, accept the feedback and learn from that and grow from it and, and add something new or do something differently. And that's something that I, I've consistently seen you do through the years to help keep, keep pushing your business forward. Got it. So, uh, yeah. 
let me ask you this. So what else? So you've got the real estate sales business too, but what, what else are, what else are you up to these days? So um, obviously I've, I've got a little insight, but I'll, I'd rather hear it from you. Like as far as, so we got the Matt Fedick team, but what are the other businesses that are either around it or supported or kind of work hand in hand with it? Sure. I also own um, two uh, Color Wings franchise market centers um, in Delaware, Maryland. And those two offices have um, just about 400 agents there. Um, the Delaware one I've had for about five and a half years. It does fantastic. Um, this year we're on track to do just shy of 4,000 uh, units uh, sale there. So that's a great office. Wow. Um, and our Maryland one is about 18 months old. And it's, and it's doing really well. We're, we're starting to make inroads there. I don't know the production on the top of my head this year, but it'll be, uh, I think it's about on track to about 1,800 units. Um, and so that market center is doing is off to a good start. Um, I also own a Keller Williams Market Center in London, London, England, where I'm also uh, partners with uh, friends of mine, Ben Kinney and Diane Griffin, and we own uh, part of the, the master franchise of the um, the region for the United Kingdom. So we have the rights to develop uh, England, Scotland, Wales, and, and Northern Ireland. So that's a, a fun business. That's been hard, 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 hard. You'd think that just because we speak the same language, it would be easy, um, but it has been a long, um, a long uphill battle. We're just at the peak of that hill now. We're like, oh yeah, we can we can see the, end, the light at the end of that tunnel. That's awesome. Yeah, obviously, um, you and Ben have been friends with both of you guys for years and been really close with. And Diane, I, I'd consider her a friend as well too. And I, I know the the hours and the blood, sweat, and tears that you guys have put into that to to make that work. And gosh, I mean. Um, man, that's a lot going on. So you're running businesses, not just in a couple of different States, but you're running businesses in a couple of different countries, man. That, that, uh, how do you manage all that? Um, yeah, well, and we also, we also have our own title insurance company, um, that we own fully. It's not a joint venture. We fully own it. And we launched our own mortgage company 90 days ago, three months, sorry, three months into our own mortgage company. Um, and so, yeah, there's lots of, so the key is you got to surround yourself with great people, right? So. I don't know a lot about the mortgage industry. I know enough to ask good questions, um, but I've got great partners, right? I've got a great uh, partner in mortgage. We've got a great, uh, uh, great leadership in our title company. The team leaders and, and folks that I have, the key is getting the right people that will come work with you, attracting the right talent, developing them, spending time with them, being fair with them, um, giving them a vision that they can buy into. Right. That's what it, it, it's about. And so my, my day now looks far more about supporting and encouraging the leaders that I haven't done in business with than, than anything else. That's awesome. So uh, this is a theme that shows up and I've had Ben on the, on the podcast before. Um, you know, this is a thing that, that showed up with Ben as well as with other people is it's surround yourself with, with the best, right? Surround yourself with the great relationships. One of the number one takeaways I always, um, I always remember taking in a note I took in a mastermind was don't worry about your business model. And it almost could have been, don't worry about what business you're in, worry about the relationships and the people that you're in business with, because that other stuff can be, you can change models, you can change plans. It's really about making sure you've got the right people that you're in business with. It's true. I mean, and you know, the, the struggle for me is that's my business would be twice as big as what it is today. If, um, if I learned that earlier, right, I was, you know, I really struggled to uh, not only attract talent, but to lead and develop them 
because I'm not very social, right? so I'm not personable. I don't go to a lot of events and spend a time networking, meeting other people, right? You know that um, you know, my my preference is that is that spend time with you know three, four, or five people and have deep conversations than it is to spend time with 20, 30, 40 people and have superficial conversations. And so the challenge with that is when that's who you are, is you don't end up casting a big network, you know, net. And so your network isn't as big, right? So you look at Ben Kinney and, and his businesses, you know, Ben's not social, but he learned a much easier uh, fashion time. His networking is, he casts a big net and he does, he gives back so he attracts a lot of people. I really struggled with how to, um, to do that, right? To overcome because I'm just very, I'm very personal. I'm very personal, um, and I really struggle with how to to engage on a personal level with with leaders. So um, it's been a long lesson learned. So I feel like I'm over that hump again too. There's a lot more to learn, but now I understand what the issue is, right? So it, it's easier to address it when you know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, tell me, like, what is it about that? Like, do, do you, because my, I mean, my experience with you, Matt, um, and granted, we've spent a lot of time in the smaller groups, like it's either been maybe me, you and Fred, or, you know, four of us or five, it has been smaller groups, but we've spent so much time together is you're, you're one of the easiest guys to get along with I've ever been around in my entire life. Um, it, which is, which is really funny because you're, you have strong opinions and yet you're also very flexible too and willing to, to hear out anybody else's opinion ever. Um, I've always found you to be one of the more fair people. Even when I disagree with you, I've always found your viewpoint fair um, and not, you know, not biased or not, you know, one-sided or anything. What have you discovered about yourself or what is this thing that you're, you're challenging yourself with now to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more because in my experience with you, man, you have so much to give to other agents, to other real estate professionals, other business owners, period. It's not even just real estate. Um, so what is it that you figured out, hey, I'm going to overcome or I'm going to tweak this thing so that way I can give more? Yeah, so part of it was having a great coach, right? So I had a coach and um, I sat down one day and I'm like, dude, I am ready to give it all up. I'm like, I feel like I have to be all things to all people and it's exhausting, right? this person wants me to do this and this person wants me to be this way. And this one wants me to do this. And like, I'm really struggling. And I said, so I don't know. Part of me wants to just throw in the towel and, and give, give it up. And maybe I'll just go work for somebody, but this leadership thing's tough. And, you know, and his response, you know, was so clear. It's like, yeah, that's an option. Or another option is to stop saying you can't and say, I will, you know, and stop, stop saying I can't be all the love. say I will be right. I will learn how to communicate with people. I'll learn how, you know, to enroll people. So part of that was coaching and, and understanding that. Um, I do think I'm very fair. I, um, I'm highly principled, right? So to me, right is right, wrong is wrong. Um, there's not a lot of gray in there, right? And of course, it's somewhat subjective, right? Right is right and wrong is wrong is still somewhat, there's, there's still a subjective thing there, but there isn't within my world, right? So um, I think I'm very fair. I'm very easygoing. I'm very peaceful in the sense that I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't shout, I don't have arguments. I lay it out there. Here's how I feel about this. This is why, and here's the path I'm walking down. Either we walk together or we don't, that's okay, right? Um, you know, and I think one of the reasons that kind of makes me somewhat easygoing is starting out as an EMT and, and becoming a paramedic at the age of 18, you're, you're, you're surrounded by these quick decisions and life and death decisions at a really young age, right? I remember being 19 years old and 
deciding, right, are we going to resuscitate this person or not? Are they really viable or not? And you make these life and death decisions. I was a police officer, you know, by the time I was 24, right? So at 24, you're going out and trying to solve people's problems and make um, immediate decisions. So I feel like now when I get to visit, I'm like, you know, I, I've coined this phrase and, I, and a lot of people have heard me say, like, there's no such thing as a real estate emergency, right? I, I know what an emergency is. I have been in emergencies. I have watched, I've delivered babies in this world and I've held people's hands as they've slipped away. I've seen the most gruesome of gruesome um, and the most joyful things that you could possibly ever imagine. And there's no emergency in a real estate transaction, right? There just isn't. There's no emergency in business, right? Nobody's dying. Nobody like, we're, like relax, right? It might not, it might not be the way we want it. We might not have the result we want. There might be consequences or penalties for decisions, um, but we can take a step back, right? Nobody's dying today because of, of what we did. So, you know, my, so I just think part of that is making peace with the fact that I'm just not going to get wound up about stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, you are, you are a principal person and yet you still find a way to like, to respect other people's um, decisions or viewpoints that are contrary to yours. And so um, you can, you know, I know you say right is right and wrong is wrong. And yet I still see you treat people very kindly, regardless of where they might stand on an issue. Right. Making choices for me and for my family are different than what other people's choices are. And, you know, that really was supposed to be the magic of, you know, of the United States, right? The magic was supposed to be life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness for everyone, right? So while I'm high, I fully respect people's decisions that they make about their faith, about their lives, about their work, about all those things. And I think we can live together and work together, right? And so for me, that even just peers all the way down into business, right? Like you can agree that this, this business model is better than this business model. We can agree to disagree and shake hands and go out and have dinner together, understanding, I understand why you believe what you do and I've made that decision. Um, and we can move forward from there, right? I don't hold, I'm not a grudge holder or anything like that. I'm kind of a, I got you, here you, don't get it, don't understand, and let's go have dinner. That's awesome, man. That is one of the things I've always respected about you. Um, and just sort of just as a person and as a friend, as, as I've watched you over, over the last decade plus now. So just want to share that with you. So tell me, because you've got sort of a new venture that you've decided to jump into that you were telling me about, which is quite frankly, I, I found it interesting because you, you have given back so much. You've done a lot of your teaching by traveling. You know, like I just mentioned two different times I brought you, you know, asked you to come to Phoenix to teach a class, which meant you had to get up, you had to fly across the country for, you know, two days. You know, that's not just a, that's not like an up and back trip when you're coming from Pennsylvania out to Arizona, like you're, you're gone at least a day or two. Um, and you've, so you've always given back, but now you're, now you're more formally looking to give back and, and you've created a, like a mastermind group. And I'm curious, what's it, what's with the timing on that? And, Tell me more about what it is that you're, you know, kind of you've got on schedule for yourself here in the last part of 2019. Yeah, so I love to teach. Um, I do. And mostly because I feel like having been a student, um, any success that I've had in business is directly attributed to being a student of others. And I also know that when I teach and I work on, on certain things, it makes me uh, master my craft even better. Um, now, so here's the, the challenge and the difference is I now have a 
three-year-old and I've got twins that are uh, 13 months old. So I don't want to get on a plane and go away often, right? I don't mind doing it, uh, but I don't want to do it weekly anymore. I, I used to do it, you know, I used to try to teach Monday and Tuesday of almost every week or every other week and um, flew all over the country to do that. And, and I don't, I still want to teach. I want to participate. I want to help lead. Um, but I do want to be able to do more from home and be able to be from home. And thankfully, I, I believe that we can be just as impactful online. So I'm kind of creating this, this hybrid mastermind where we're going to meet weekly um, through Zoom on a, a weekly webinar uh, together um, for an hour. And then in-person quarterly, where we get to do a quarterly in-person full-day retreat. So we can spend an entire day digging into whatever the topic is that we're covering. Um, have a chance to socialize and have dinner together and hang out and, and get to know each other and, and then go home without spending too much time away. Um, and so my the, kind of the premise behind it is I want to help agents move from that salesperson mindset. I sell a lot of houses, but they don't really own a business because they've never stopped to step back and, and line up all those pieces to have a great business. So we're going to take a year and we're going to go through everything. We're going to um, help our folks work through um, their mission, vision, and values, and a business plan. We're going to have look at their lead generation, making sure they've got 24 good sources uh, of leads for new business. We're going to look at um, folks that want to build teams. What do your team agreements look like? What are compensation models? What are job descriptions going to look like? We're going to look at the finances and economics of it. What's your business plan look like? What's the budget look like? How do we track it in QuickBooks and, and implement it? So my thought is, and, and our vision is not that, can we just throw this stuff out there and hope people take it home? But by doing it weekly with quarterly in person, we're going to have assignments in there. Like this week, you need to do this, and, and we're going to work through it together. So my goal is that as the industry changes, as the market changes and things are happening, at 12 months from now, uh, all of our participants and members will have built out a solid foundation on all those things. I'm, I'm really excited to get that launched. Awesome. So this is really helping people build out a, a solid business foundation period. This isn't like monthly coaching where I might come in and coach with you weekly or biweekly for six months and then drop out and go do something different. Or this is, I've got to join on day one and it's going to go 365 days. And when it's done, I'm going to have this really solid plan of things that um, the, all these things that we've covered that will help my business get to not only where it needs to go now, but in the future. Yeah, we're going to take the, the foundation that my team has used to generate you know, nearly 400 deals a year as the starting point. And then by having this mastermind around, so instead of teaching on it, we're going to mastermind around it so we can get the best of all the participants' thoughts and come up with the best product for everybody at the end. So we'll use my stuff as the foundation, and then we'll dig deep with what everyone's perspective is. So I'm not coming at this as a perspective of implement the Matphetic system. You can buy the Matphetic system here. We're coming at it saying, we've got a great foundation that we're happy to give to you, and let's mastermind around each of these topics and get the best from all the participants. So we're going to limit the mastermind to 30 people total. Um, so it's going to be a weekly call for an hour. We'll have an interactive private Facebook uh, page where we'll be uh, putting our assignments and our things in there and our collaborative tools. Um, and then, like I said, once a quarter, we'll get together in person and spend an entire day really digging in on some very deep topic. We're also going to spend, uh, have some guests on uh, through there. We'll be doing some wealth building Wednesdays where we're going to have some uh, entrepreneurs that have built big businesses come in and just share what they've done and just kind of get out of real estate mindset and get into business mindset. 
So I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, um, to, to facilitate this. And I want it to be a facilitation with our tools, knowing that we'll come out with something even better when we're done. That's pretty awesome, man. So I, I got to say, as someone who's just been your friend and somebody who's learned from you so much over the last decade plus since that, that we've known each other, um, I love the way you're kind of attacking this wholly as opposed to just sort of, you know, hey, let me teach you this one part of, you know, whether that be lead generation or listings or something, but you're saying, hey, let's take a look at the entire business and the, in your entire world. And um, to me, the, the amount of experience you've been able to gain too and growing your real estate team, growing those market centers, the, the master franchise and, and the market center of overseas and um, the title, you know, title insurance company, as well as now a mortgage company, geez, um, I got to imagine your, your perspective and um, vision has just continued to grow. And my, my guess is folks are going to get a lot out of that. And what's the best way for someone to, who's interested, should they, how should they reach out to you? Is there a website that you go to? Should they contact you directly? What's that look like? Yeah, they can go to our new website. It's mattsmasterminds.com. So S after Matt and S after Mastermind, mattsmasterminds.com. Um, I'm going to have a couple of uh, introductory Q&A uh, options for, net, for the next three weeks before we launch. So folks can join us for that, about 20 minutes if they want to learn more about what it's going to be like and ask good questions. So you can sign up for kind of one of those intro calls. Um, and then we're going to launch the first week of October. Um, and I'm, I'm free. I want to be able to offer for your folks to listen to your podcast. If they'd like to take advantage of a 10% discount off of uh, our plan, I'm happy to do that. They can enter in a discount code of next level um, for your next level agents. We'd be happy to offer that to them. Awesome. So thank you very much. I, by the way, guys, I didn't know Matt was going to do that. That's just Matt being Matt um, and doing what he does. So use his code, use the code next level for 10% off if you are interested in doing that. Uh, and that's mattsmasterminds.com. And we'll link to that too. I'll put that, in, make sure it goes on the show notes and whatnot. Uh, and so that way when we distribute, uh, distribute that, everyone's got the hyperlink to it. All right, Matt. So before we go, I, I have one last question for you. And, uh, and before I ask that, I want to say, you know, make sure there's anything else that we should be covering uh, of you or, or that you'd like to cover while we're here on the, on this call um, before I hit, before I hit you with my last question. <laughs> I don't think so. I, you know, what I love about this industry, Kevin, is that it's always changing, right? And at the same time, buy one of us, sellers want to sell. It's our job to figure out the tools of the moment, the opportunities of the moment. I'm more excited to be in real estate now more than ever. Um, don't buy into the doom and gloom that we see going on, right? The world's going to come to an end, right? It's not going to happen. Um, things are going to look different. Great. I don't want to do the same thing 10 years from now that I'm doing today. So, you know, my thought at the moment, like my kind of parting thing is let's embrace the changes that the consumers want. Um, let's support what our clients want and give them the tools and resources that they want. Because when we do that, our needs will be totally met, right? When we meet the needs of our clients, our needs will totally be met. So let's just, let's be excited about um, any changes in the industry that support the consumer. Awesome. I love that. All right. So on to my last question, which is this. So what are the, what are your top three pieces of advice for someone who just says, Hey Matt, like I, I just want to do better. Like I want to kick ass. I want to be better. And it doesn't matter business life, you name it. What are the top three pieces of advice you, you give to somebody who, who would ask you that? Yeah, I, you know, I know this, it sounds oversaid, but I'm going to say it anyway, I'm really big on, on getting a coach, right? I, I don't care what kind of coach it is. I don't care if it's in real estate. 
Um, you know, I've had a, a coach, a transformational coach for the last several years, which was all just based on mindset and vision and, uh, and thinking big. But I think you have to have somebody that you can share your goals with who's going to work with you and stand, you know, take a stand for you with your goals um, and encourage you when you need it and lift you up when you need it and, you know, ask you the tough questions. So number one, you got to pay somebody to do that. It's one thing to have a friend do it. It's another thing when you're writing a check and you have that scheduled appointment and you're, and you're paying for it. So number one would be, would be get a coach. Um, number two, be really, be always based on solutions. Um, if you, be, if you approach everything as a solutions based person, right? Instead of problem oriented, when we really look at, Hey, this is what needs to happen. We need to close. This buyer and seller wants to close. I need to make more money, right? I need to get out of debt. I need to do, you know, whatever the, I, I need to lose weight. So instead of focusing, I need to lose weight, focus on the solution. What is the solution? Well, we can start exercising. We can start changing the calorie intake. So focus on the solutions, right? And then you go, gosh, well, I have to reduce my calories. Well, okay, well, you can do it through paleo. You can do it through keto. You can do it through, find the one, right? First, get the, first look at the solution and then find the tools to support the solution. Um, so solution base is a big one. Um, and then I think two is, um, don't be, number three would be, uh, don't be afraid to fail, you know, and don't be afraid to talk about it. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes, um, you know, throughout my career, still making mistakes. I've got a pile of paperwork on my desk, which is probably full of mistakes in the sense of decisions I should have made, things I could have done differently that would have uh, changed that. And just, you know, you don't make mistakes, own up to them, figure them out, put a solution in place and get moving and get back to work. Absolutely. I love that. So there's Matt's three pieces of advice for kicking more ass. Um, Matt Fedek, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to see the launch of, of your mastermind group get kicked off. And anybody who is listening is even considering it, just I'm going to just my personal recommendation, you know that I never do this. If you listen to the show often, like you, you can learn a lot from Matt. He is one of the um, smartest people I've met, one of the kindest people I've met and one of the best business people I've ever met as well. And so I would highly recommend anybody who's even sort of considering it to take a look at the website, hop on the Q&A, and uh, invest in yourself with Matt because I think he can lead you the right way. Uh, thanks. I won't let people down. If they give, give me their time, I'm going to make sure they get a lot out of it. Awesome. I know you will. All right. Uh, next Level Podcast listeners, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, we'll be back with another interview next week. Have a great one. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Hey, this is Fred Weaver with Next Level Agents Live. Hey, have you heard about our fall sale? We're running a fall sale for NLA Live 2020. For a limited time and a limited quantity, you can get an NLA Live 2020 ticket for only $299. And you can pair it with a hotel room at the Talking Stick Resort for only $149 a night. That's crazy. We're actually buying the hotel rate down for you, and there's a limited supply, so act today. Visit nextlevelagents.com for tickets and more information, and to buy your ticket today, don't miss out on our fall special. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends, and for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.